This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hello, basketball fans. It is your favorite time of the week. That's right. It's a brand spanking new episode of your ESPNW Women's Basketball Podcast, Around the Rim. I am your host, LaChina Robinson, joined by my fantastic and fabulous producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby. And um, we are excited because um, something very special is going to happen on this podcast. And actually, there's going to be a lot of magic, magic that I had nothing to do with. Um, Tarika and our, our host, Felicia Hall Allen, uh, put together a fantastic tribute to the newest addition to the 1K Club, Coach C. Vivian Stringer. Congratulations to Coach Stringer. We are here to celebrate you on this two-part podcast. And this is part two. Um, if you missed part one, you're going to want to hear that too. Um, part two, we will talk to John Chaney, one of the mentors of Coach Stringer. She talks a lot about just how he added so much value to um, her coaching career. They were both at Chaney State together. You know, when Coach Stringer got started, there weren't a lot of African-American women Um coaching college basketball so she relied on John Thompson and Nolan Richardson and John Cheney is someone that she just she has the closest of relationships with uh, we will also hear from Jolette Law current assistant coach at the University of South Carolina played for coach Stringer at Iowa and was an assistant for coach Stringer at Rutgers during um, their run to the final four Marianne Stanley, who we've had on our show before, will join us. She was also an assistant at Rutgers on, during their Final Four run. And then Dr. Christine Grant, who was an administrator at the University of Iowa, who took a chance on one young C. Vivian Stringer. Um, of course, she had already had success at Shady State. I don't know how much of a chance that was. But, um, you know, bringing an African-American woman to Iowa. Uh, where they were averaging 200 fans at the time, and I believe once reached 22,000. Just an incredible story. Um, so that's going to be part two. If you missed part one, um, please go back and check it out. We have Matee Ajavon and Essence Carson, who played on Final Four teams at Rutgers, Cappy Pondexter, the two-time champion, um, Karen Pye Drawn, who was a starting point guard at Cheney State, and Katie Abramson Henderson, uh, who is the current coach at head coach at UCF, who played for Coach Stringer at Iowa. I often reflect on Coach Stringer's time at Iowa because I remember a story someone told me about how they were recruited by Iowa. And you got to think of this African-American woman head coach, um, which there weren't a lot around at the time. She started in 1972 um, at Cheney State. It was a little slippery rock before then. But, um, you know, there weren't any a lot of African-Americans at all at Iowa. And here it was, Coach Stringer arrives, the head coach. Dr. Grant will reflect a little bit on that decision. but And then had to recruit other African-American women to come and play in Iowa. I mean, imagine going on your visit and just from a cultural standpoint, um, what that was like. And then Coach Stringer also talks about how when she got to Iowa, there were probably 100 fans in the stands. And I believe she quoted 22,000 at one point at a game um, in Iowa. So she's well known for what she did there. But anyway, uh, we're going to be celebrating Coach Stringer on this podcast. She's the head coach at Rutgers currently, but as I mentioned, previous stops at Cheney State in Iowa. Um, she became the fifth Division One head coach in women's bas- college basketball history to reach 1K wins, joining Pat Summit, Tara Vanderveer, Gina Oriema, Sylvia Hatchell. If you have not heard those episodes where we um, gave some love to those coaches for their 1K, please do so. Uh, we also interviewed Division Two Barbara Stevens, who hit 1K last season as the head coach at Bitley University. So um, you can pull up 1K if you're feeling fruity. Um, if you were watching the game, uh, the 1K game on the Big Ten Network uh, last night, what a time it was. I mean... The victory again came against Central Connecticut at the rack, um, but it was just a job well done by everyone on the pro- on the broadcast production crew, uh, administrators at Rutgers. The crowd was full of so many people that love Coach Stringer, her family. Don Staley was there. Um, Don, obviously one of the only two African-American women to win a um, <clears throat> national championship at the Division One level of college women's basketball, joining Carolyn Peck. Um, Teresa Edwards was in the crowd. Carol Stiff of ESPN. I mean, Danielle Donahue. So many faces 
and so many people in lives that Coach Stringer touched. Um, they had paintings and giveaways and videos of Kobe Bryant uh, giving love to Coach Stringer, Whoopi Goldberg, um, the NBA TNT crew. Those guys gave Coach Stringer some love. So it was just a well-done shout-out to the administrators at Rutgers, everyone who had something to do with putting that celebration together. Uh, very well done. Um, but I think the thing that sticks with me personally, oh, yeah, let me just say this. She did get a tweet from Hillary Clinton as well. I don't know if you saw that, Sharika. That sounds um, <laughs> She did get a tweet from Hillary Clinton. Um, but the one thing that stands out to me personally is just that Coach Stringer started coaching 46 years ago and what she's done for African-American women. And um, she was very good friends with Pat Summit, and that's someone who she speaks um, very highly of in terms of her as a mentor, as a friend, just how close they were. But, you know, you think about what these women sacrificed and how they were the first and how they pushed and how they pioneered for us to have everything we have for the sport of basketball right now. But for me... Just um, Vivian, Coach Vivian Stringer's life was not easy. Um, just the amount of adversity that she had to face almost seems unfair. Uh, you probably know about the death of her husband, Mr. Bill Stringer, um, who was near and dear to her, who was a driving force in her life. Um, you know, her daughter fell ill and, um, you know, just tremendous hurdles to overcome with her care and, 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 and those kind of things. It just... The number of things she's had to persevere through are tremendous. And you'll just hear the impact on this podcast that that strength had on so many people across the board. Um, she's just inspired me so much. I get I get emotional just thinking about it. Tariqa, I, I don't know what you would say she meant to you, but to me, she is one of the most impactful figures of our time. I think that to me, she embodies what it means to be. Um, a strong African-American woman in times where that strength isn't always recognized by everyone. The, what sticks out most to me is remembering um, what happened in the 2008, 2000, I'm um, sorry, the 2007, 2008 season when her team was publicly ridiculed by a radio host and the way that she was able to stand up and stand for her team and basically say, you know, to the world where I should be celebrating something that I've been working almost 30 years to have. I'm here having to defend the honor of my team and I'm willing to do that because we're worth it. And, you know, just being able to to see her um, go to bat for her not only her team, but for all of us, for every young black girl who's ever been in a situation where, you know, they were stereotyped or looked at less than what they were. Um, I think she embodied what that, what it means to be able to, to stare, to stare, not necessarily danger, but just to be able to look amongst a crowd and say, this is who we are. This is what we're about. And this is what we're going to do. And whether you like it or not, we're here. And I love that. Absolutely I mean loved it. I mean, it, it's, it's, <laughs> when you have, when you're responsible for a, a, a nation of women, right? Because she has impacted not just her players, but people, um, it's just widespread. I can just think about Oprah. Mm-hmm. You know, she was on Oprah. What did Oprah say about her? Oprah was in awe of her. Like her impact it, it has been tremendous, but then the, the personal tragedy, the, the rejection, you know, she talks mm-hmm. about not making the cheerleading team, you know, her first time trying out, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just so many things that happened. And in, in, in even especially during those times in the 60s and 70s, civil rights and Title Nine, her coaching before Title Nine even came into play. So mm-hmm. we, you know, Tariq and I aren't going to spoil the greats of this podcast, but we just wanted to. Thank Felicia Hall Allen, first and foremost, who is one of the great orators, in my opinion, of our game. I mean, if you've never heard her speak, she just she's magic. That's really the way I describe her. Right. She's magic. <laughs> um, she's technically the president and CEO of Felicia Hall Allen Associates. She played for Coach Stringer from 87 to 91. But um, Felicia's impact on the game is widespread from her work with coaches from a step up, which is um, a, an assistant and head coach training program that she has every May where she just pours into the future of our game. Uh, she worked once worked at Nike, um, just growing that aspect of the game for women's basketball. She is a lawyer, which I always wanted to be a lawyer, but at least is much smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> but she's a coach's agent. She just touches our game uh, so many ways. Um, we hope you please check out part one and two. But now let's please celebrate Coach C. Vivian Stringer. 
Hi, my name is Felicia Hall Allen. All of my closest friends call me Phoebe, and so does Coach. I met Coach Stringer when I was just um, a young woman with a dream. And um, when I met Coach Stringer, she talked to me about her dream of winning a national championship. And she said to me, she said, Felicia, if you buy into my dream, nothing will prevent me from buying into yours. And I will do everything humanly possible to help make your dreams come true. When she sat in my home and our home visit, I said I wanted to be an attorney. And Coach Stringer made sure that that happened. I had to do the work, but she made a phone call to the Iowa Law School and said, look, I have a student athlete who has well over a 3.0 GPA. She's been active in student life on campus and on the homecoming court and in a sorority, and she wants to be an attorney. What do we need to do to make that happen? When I got my job at Nike, Coach Stringer was the one who talked with Sue Levin at Nike and Howard White at Nike about me being a part of the staff after Beth Bass left to go on to be the executive director of the WBCA. And after six interviews, I got the job. Coach Stringer pushed all the way. And then when I got to run a WNBA team, she was my biggest cheerleader. That was my dream job. And then when I met my husband, Johnny, she said to me that I had found my compliment in life and that Johnny reminded her a lot of Mr. Stringer. And for Everything great that's happened in my life, from my graduation to law school, to being there on my wedding day, not just being there for the graduation from law school, but hosting a party at her home. And then um, I remember when my grandmother passed away, who had been the most significant figure in my life, that morning I get a, a phone call from Coach Stringer, just... <sighs> She's more than a coach to me. Coach Stringer is everything that I've always wanted to be and then some. And I feel grateful that it has been her honor and privilege to be a stepping stone and to be um, someone who elevates others so that their dreams can come true. Yeah, I would say that it would be selfish to think that you know that it's all about a national championship. But I think that Coach Stringer, her wins far exceed what she's done on the basketball court because for every young woman that she's coached, from Cheney to Iowa to Rutgers, she won in all of our lives, but not just our lives, but in the lives of the people that we all have gone on to touch. And so we always say three teams one family, one CVS family. And when she was inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame, we had a three teams, one family celebration to honor her. And she bought the Naismith trophy, and she had everybody to come and touch the trophy. And she said that a piece of it belonged to all of us because we all made that happen. Her husband, Bill Stringer, made me believe that there were men in the universe who could love a strong black woman, a strong woman with a vision and a dream and clarity and who could lead. Her children have been selfless and her family, her brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews are all a part of the extended CVS basketball family. Fred Grottinger hired her at Rutgers. Dr. Christine Grant hired her at Iowa. I'm not sure who hired her at Cheney, but what I do know is that all of them positioned her on her assignment because coaching has been more than just a game. It's changed a lot of people's lives, and Vivian Stringer changed the trajectory of my life. And that's why when LaChina called and Tarika asked if I would moderate this podcast. I was honored. 
So I hope that the stories and the messages that everyone has an opportunity to hear about Coach Stringer and Coach Freeman and Michelle Edwards and Kathy Pondexter, who considered herself the future before there was a chance that we would even get to see her as a future. I mean, Kathy and Tasha Pointer and Linda Miles and there's so many names that could be called. Stephanie Schuler and Chelsea Newton, one of her favorites. And I mean, just so many. Coach Stringer's touched so many lives. Courtney Locke and Heather and Andrea Harmon. And I mean, it's just so many people. We all consider ourselves sisters. And though Coach is not our mother, I would say that we all are proud to call her coach. So I know, Dr. Grant, that you have been a hero, zero, just your work with Title IX and all of the things that you've done to open doors and create opportunities and elevate others so that they might be at their absolute best. There's no one you're, I mean, second to none, you and my opinion have been one of the foremothers to advance women's participation in sports. I'm grateful that I am a product of the University of Iowa, but I would not have been at Iowa had you not hired C. Vivian Stringer as the head coach there. I want to know that during a time when there were very few women of color outside of at HBCUs or historically black colleges that were fortunate enough to serve in that head coaching role, what was it about Coach Stringer that made you believe that not only was she ready for this moment, but that she had what it took to be a national champion and to change the perception of what people at predominantly white institutions thought about hiring an African-American female coach. Hmm. Well, thank you for your kind words. And let me tell you what happened. When I knew I had a vacancy, um, I had a friend who was in graduate school with me when I was doing my PhD, and she was a basketball coach. Her name was Ann Griffiths, and she was the basketball coach at Slippery Rock. And that was where Vivian had had her undergraduate work done and where she played basketball. And so when I had the vacancy, I phoned Ann, and I said, do you know of any up-and-coming coaches that you would recommend. And she immediately recommended Vivian. And I was fascinated by Vivian's story. And so I phoned Vivian and asked if I could meet her to talk about the position. And so she eventually said yes. She wasn't wasn't keen to talk to me, I can tell you. Um, But I kind of persisted. And I said I would fly to Philadelphia to meet her which I did, and I meet, I met both uh, Vivian and Bill, her husband. And we talked about the position. And after I had told her some things about Iowa, she said, well, first of all, I'm not interested in leaving Cheney State. And she said, if I were to leave Cheney State, it would not be to go to Iowa. And my heart sank, I can tell you. <laughs> But Bill Stringer winked at me, and I thought, maybe I've got an ally in Bill. And after talking to them for quite a long time, I persuaded them just to come to Iowa for a visit. No commitment, no nothing, just come for a visit. And I think one of the things that really sold both Vivian and Bill on Iowa was our medical staff. Because, as you know, Nina requires the very best medical 
attention that she could possibly get. And one of the first things that I arranged was a meeting with some key people in the field of medicine to talk about what Iowa could offer to her daughter. And I think that, plus the fact that Iowa had made a commitment to equal opportunity, we we had a great president and we had great faculty reps and all of them really believed in equal opportunity for women. And so I, I was in a wonderful position to be able to relay that to both Vivian and to Bill. And she didn't immediately jump um, when I offered her the job, but I think eventually, after she and Bill had talked extensively about the pros and cons, um, she decided to come. And I think that was the best recruiting job I have ever done in my life. <laughs> that is an outstanding story. So thank you so much. You know, one of the other things is Coach Stringer used to talk to us when we were student athletes about being ambassadors for the state of Iowa. You know, there, there's no professional sports there. And so she was really intentional about helping us to understand what an incredible honor it was to represent the state. And yes, she was very she was very into that. She really was. She was really into that. And then I thought about not only did she get us to understand what it was to carry that mantle, but she got the people of Iowa to really buy in. Can you talk about what it was like that sellout crowd that you helped to orchestrate and facilitate as an athletic administrator. How did that come about, and what was the magic of that moment? Well, I I have to say that a lot of the magic revolved around Vivian and how successful she was. But it wasn't just the wins and losses. It It was her philosophy of sport that I think really connected with the people of Iowa. She used to say that, a, coach, a good coach doesn't just teach basketball skills and strategies. What a good coach, a really good coach does, is uses sport to teach people about life so that when young people graduate, they're well prepared to deal with the ups and downs of life and they're ready to contribute positively in our society in a very meaningful way. And it was that message, I think, that really resonated with the people of Iowa. And so when we set out to try to break the NCAA record, we we had tremendous help from Bump Elliott. You'll remember our men's athletic director. And also, George Rabling was our men's basketball coach at that time, as I'm sure you remember. And George did a, a TV commercial for us. And at a few days later, after the uh, commercial had run, Hayden Fry looked into my office and said, how come you never asked me to do a commercial? And I said, I would love you to do a commercial. So Hayden did a commercial as well, and then Dan Gable did a commercial for us. So we had the help of everybody in the men's department to try to break this record. But I'll tell you, it was it was something I'll never, ever forget. I arrived at the arena about 9 o'clock on the Sunday morning. I think the game was at 1 or 2, I don't remember. There were people lined up at the arena when I arrived at 9 o'clock in the morning. And I, I was blown away. And by about 11 o'clock that morning, every seat in the arena was filled. And I knew I had a problem because the the cars were lined up bumper to bumper, all the way from the arena to the interstate. And so I had to get on the radio and plead with people to turn around and go back home because the arena had been filled. But they kept coming, and and that created a problem um, because I instructed our people to close the doors, but we weren't allowed to lock them because that would have been a, a safety hazard. So people were pulling at the doors to get in. And and since we have that huge concourse, as you well remember, there were a lot of people that were filling that concourse. Unfortunately, they were all very, very well behaved. So 
we didn't have anything go wrong except I got a very strong letter of reprimand from the university, which I deserved. But it was a memorable day, a really, really memorable day. And Vivian still has tears in her eyes when she talks about it. So on that day, what was that date? Do you remember the date? Yes, it was February the 3rd. And how many people filled Carver-Hawkeye Arena for a women's basketball game? 22,157. And this was not a Final Four. This was not a no, championship no. game. This was a no, regular... this was just a regular Big Ten game against Ohio State. And Tara Vandermeer was the coach at Ohio State at that time. And it was it was wonderful. It really was. It was it was very special. And I think that those are the kind of moments that every young woman deserves an opportunity to play in front of a passionate group of fans. And that was the kind of entertainment that Vivian Stringer brought to the basketball court where people understood that they were buying more than just a ticket. They That's were right. buying into the vision of a young woman having the same kind of athletic experience that a young man could and and reaching the heights of competitive basketball. So, Dr. Grant, thank you so much for being a part of the journey. And it is because you are that Vivian Stringer was the head coach at the University of Iowa. So thank you for believing. Well, thank you. And you don't know how much pleasure it has brought me to see all the young women who have come through our program, young women like you who have gone on and become successful contributors to our society. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you, Dr. Grant. Coach Cheney, I played basketball for Coach Stringer at Iowa. Oh, my God. Uh, then you, you, you were somebody special because she had left me and gone to Iowa because she thought that uh, I wasn't going to treat her right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's so far from the truth. I think she said that there was never a finer coach than John Cheney. And even at Iowa, we heard the stories of the legendary John Cheney, especially when she got mad at us. She would say, John would say, or Coach Cheney would say, and we would like almost shake in our boots. She lost, she lost her way. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know what? I'm, I'm just so excited about the opportunity to talk with you when LaChina Robinson and Terrica called and said, hey, we want to do this podcast for ESPN. I said, if we don't get anybody else, we have to have John Cheney because Coach Cheney is the person who Coach Stringer probably most admired in the coaching profession when she got started. And so she often talks about how much of her philosophy early on came from you. And I just wondered, when you first met her, because she said she volunteered to coach volleyball, softball, and basketball, what did you think of this little lady who had decided not only she wanted to coach, but she wanted to share the gym space with you as well? Your first impression of Vivian Stringer. Well, you know, you talk about uh, in those days. Try and remember it was it was during the time when when uh, there was no NCAA for women. It was WIAA or something of that nature. I don't think I think uh, I'm not sure what that was. But try and remember it was Immaculata, Delta State, and Tennessee, maybe and maybe a few other that. Uh, we were confronted with. Try and remember, it was it was at a time when 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 women were were fighting for equality at the highest level. They found themselves going into hotels with four and five, or going to motels with four and five, or ten of the kids in a room or whatever, no money for food, traveling distances on on bus 
from money that they had to gather up. The WIA did not cover expenses. I can remember uh, Immaculata uh, playing uh, Cheney State at a time when when I was Division Two, and she was playing the top-notch colleges in the country with women. I mean, traveling. And we were running around asking for money and for help. In fact, one year that uh, I can remember when she went to the Final Four from Cheney, before they got there, they were in a regional somewhere in the scope, uh, just before the, uh, the, the national championship. And when she won against, I don't know who the te- what team it was, but you can look that up. Everybody, everybody was filled with apprehension, filled with dismay. Instead of being joyous and happy, everybody, all the officials were running around saying, how are we going to get there? <laughs> there, was no, there was no money. There was no money. And Vivian and I went around asking the students for money. After the win, asking the student government for money, asking teachers, uh, sororities, and, 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 and fraternities, we were begging. Then they had to travel on a bus to get there at a time when there was no Title IX. So when she's celebrating or talking about me, think about the fight. There were no women practicing in a gym with men. We practiced in a gym with men. We had uh, a clinic, the first clinic, male and female clinic, with uh, Chuck Daly, Hal Greer, uh, a lady lady who's in the Hall of Fame in field hockey by the name of Tina Sloan Green, and one lady who's also in the Hall of Fame from New York, I can't think of her name, but that was consi- that consists of a group of people who were concerned about women, who were concerned about equality. And Coach Stringer stood tall. She ran across a lot of difficulty here and there because from here to now, her daughter became sick or stricken uh, with meningitis. Her husband died in Iowa in a snowstorm where they could not get help. And now at Rutgers, she ran across a situation where one of her sons ended up in a coma from automobile accident. So she's going through a lot. I'm quite sure when she stands and she thinks about this great feat that she's accomplishing, she's going to have memories, memories of people, members of Memories of of students, memories of Iowa students, memories of Cheney students. She's got a long list of students at Rutgers. But those wins and losses is a tribute to her and her standing tall and fighting for issues. The greatest issue that we offered our deposition to was Title IX. And... uh, but before Title IX, it was hard. It was very hard for women. And her fight represents that. So the memories that she thinks about doing this great feat and accomplishment is going to be just memories. Coach Cheney, when you were talking, one of the things that I thought about was Coach Stringer used to tell us to be right or wrong, but be something. We always had to have an avoid, have a voice and have an opinion. She'd say, it's black or white, but it's never gray. You always have to have a thought. You have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And as you were talking about memories, what will be your fondest memory of Vivian Stringer? A friend, a coach? All of, all of the above. Not just a friend, but someone who would who would work and stick her nose into into making it better for others. On your on on Rutgers campus right now, 
there's a great there's a great legend named by the name of Robinson who has a library on that on that campus and his name was Paul Robinson this name of Vivian Stringer is something that I will hold dearly in my heart for my life because I can remember so many heartfelt cheering moments not from wins and losses but because of the many, many troubles that we had and we saw in a small school at the time. And we sought out to seek some kind of solution. Right now, it's suffering because of, of mishandling of funds and everything else and has reduced itself to just 400 students. And I'm quite sure she feels badly. Many of the students... Many of her players will be there when she accomplished this feat. I want to tell them that I remember them, I love them all, and I love Coach Stringer very, very much. Coach Cheney, I'd like to thank you so much for your time today. That will mean the world to her, and these words will live forever. So thank you for your heartfelt sentiments, and we wish you the absolute best. Thank you so much. I've lived long. I've had tremendous people that have been tremendously supportive. And uh, God has allowed me to be surrounded with people that really believe uh, in the vision that, that I've been able to share. And uh, I'm grateful. I'm truly grateful. I, I feel fortunate. I, I wonder, wow, you know, like... I appreciate that anyone would take the time. I appreciate the fans that came out. I appreciate uh, so many of, of my coaches that uh, that I was a part of that, that came in from Iowa City and players that came in from Iowa City. I recognize one of my sisters and, and brothers that came from everywhere. I had a player that, that flew in from Hawaii. It's like, wow. I mean, it lets me know that, you know, like maybe I'm doing some things right and people cared enough to... Uh, to want to smile and celebrate, and I am so grateful, and I appreciate that uh, that they did that. So, first, I just want to say we have on the phone with us Coach Marion Stanley and Jolette Law, two of Coach Stringer's favorite people, and two ladies that she was proud to have sit on the sidelines with her as assistant coaches. Um, Joletta, former player, and Coach Stanley, a longtime friend. So I'll start with Coach Stanley first and ask you, Coach Stanley, you had a chance to know Coach Stringer as a coach at Cheney, at Iowa, and at Rutgers. Can you tell us a little bit about how you saw her evolve as a woman and, and as a coach during each of those time frames in her life? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm delighted to have an opportunity to talk with you ladies about uh, one of my dear friends and, of course, just uh, a coaching uh, legend and, and coach stringer. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to have a chance to to just reminisce and, and share some thoughts, but I tell you what, that's a loaded question, uh, Alicia. There's so much that you could say about Vivian Stringer. I mean, the the adjectives, you know, there just aren't enough superlative adjectives to, to describe her. But um, I have known Vivian for a long, long, long time. Actually, I was thinking about this. I went to school at Immaculata College in Cheney State. In Immaculata, we're kind of like the Tobacco Road, North Carolina, in that they're only eight to nine miles apart. I didn't realize we were that close. I knew we were close by, but I went to school at a time when Vivian was first starting at Cheney. And, uh, you know, I can tell you this, from the day she stepped foot on that campus to today, her teams have always been prepared, played hard, and were fearless in competing against whoever was in front of them. And uh, nothing has changed in that regard. I'm sure there's been lots of adjustments to other things, but you could always count on one of Vivian's teams to be well-coached, um, very disciplined, uh, playing hard for each other and for her. And, uh, you know, it's just so many, like I said, so many uh, 
great things you could say about how they played and her impact on the young women that played for her. You know, Jolette can speak to that because Jolette, as you know, uh, you both played, both played for Coach Springer at Iowa. But uh, yeah, you know, the foundation at Cheney State and at Cheney State had continued. I mean, Vivian took the first, uh, was in the first NCAA Final Four with Cheney State which was actually hosted at the place I was at Old Dominion in 1982. So she didn't waste much time making her mark. I love that. And you know what I really love about the fact that she was in that first NTA championship is that it, she was coaching a historically black college. And now in the NTA tournament as it relates to seeding, Historically, black colleges and universities, if there are 16 seeds in each region, they're number 15 or 16. And it's amazing how, when you look at how we've evolved, HBCUs have gone from being a number one overall seed to the bottom seed. And that, to me, is a travesty. And I'm still so disappointed about it because there are so many student-athletes who are competing and playing their hearts out but just don't always get the recognition that they deserve even when they play a tough schedule. But Coach Stringer changed some of that during her time, and Jolette and I are lucky that she found her way to Iowa. And Coach Stanley, you and Jolette both know that Coach Stringer goes all out in her recruiting visits. And one of her best stories is how she convinced Jolette Law to leave Florence, South Carolina, <laughs> to go to the University of Iowa to play basketball when every school in the Carolinas was recruiting her. Jolette, you want to tell us a little bit about the lengths that Coach Stringer will go to get a kid to come to play for her? The yeah, story Jill, about her in your home with your dad. the best in the business. I mean, she'll do whatever it takes. Um, and she did a great job when she came into my home, and uh, she challenged my dad. After she talked for about two hours, gave a presentation, and my dad called her out on a, you know, it's a Vivian that was great, but there's something that you said in there that I, I definitely want to challenge you on. And she said, okay, what's that? And she, he said, what well, you said that uh, I can receive every one of her, her games on this radio station that's in Iowa City, Iowa. So my dad got up, went to the kitchen, grabbed the radio, plugged it up. He said, now, if you can get Jolette, my daughter, you can get that radio, radio station on this radio right here, right now, you can take my daughter with you. And at that time, I was like, oh, my God, it's raining outside. I'm not going to be able to go. But uh, she spent about an hour, 15, hour, 20 minutes working at <laughs> working at uh, that radio, and finally she got it. And uh, when she when it came on, welcome to WHO live from Iowa City, Iowa, she smacked her hand on the, on the uh, kitchen table. She said, well, I guess I got your daughter. So she uh, she's very good at the recruiting. She's very good about you know you know selling what she's all about, and uh, she's just a you know great person. She convinced me to leave South Carolina to go to University of Iowa. So that 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 was big. And so she started out recruiting you, and then you started recruiting with Coach Stringer, and you all were able to land a couple of number one in the nation recruiting classes. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it was like selling Coach Stringer to parents and to young student-athletes? We know she sold you, and thank God for WHO, but what was it that you would say to a young person and to their parents about Coach Stringer that you think resonated with them and made them want to know more? I mean, I just spoke from my heart and my experience. You know, it's like my, my, my testimony. I mean, everything that she sold me on, um, you know, to come to University of Iowa, she did that and more. So it was just, you know, speaking truths and being able to tell these young ladies, hey, you know, if you're looking for someone that's going to, you know, have your back, good, bad, or indifferent, who's going to push you to be one of the best, um, not just on the basketball court, but just, you know, off the bat, off the court as well, teach you life lessons. She's the one for you. I mean, she always challenges us every day about, you know, you only get one chance. you got to continue to see the moment, you know, and she always talked about, about being a dreamer. If you believe, you know, turn those dreams into reality. So every time I would speak to 
um, young people. I would just tell them, speak truths and speak on my experiences that I, I had at the University of Iowa. And uh, she would come in and, and seal the deal. You know, this is what I do. This is who I am. And uh, this is what I could do for you. So it worked extremely well for me because, you know, it was a, it was a, a, a living testimony for me. And um, I just think every young young woman in the country should have the opportunity to, you know, be coached by Coach String. Um, one of the things that I would love to know, Coach Stanley, did you go to the Final Four with Coach Stringer? Yes, uh, one of the things that I think is remarkable about Vivian is that, you know, she's been to the Final Four several times. She That, that first NCAA um, Final Four and championship game against Louisiana Tech uh, in 1982. And then you guys went uh, at Iowa uh, in 83, right? No, she went to the University of Iowa in 83, and it was yeah, 1993. She went in Iowa, I think, in the, yeah, it was in the 90s, early 90s that she went. Jolette, you remember the year she went? Uh, 93? 93. Yeah, 93, Latonya Foster was there, who was an All-American, Nicole Tonto, Tia Jackson, Andrea Harmon, Virgie Dillingham, Laurie Aaron, they were all on that team. I mean, just listen to the names you're pulling out. These are, you know, national players. You know, Gillette was a national player. You know, Vivian has done a great job of mentoring some of the finest talent that's that's come out into the college game. And, you know, Rutgers went to the Final Four, what, twice in 2000 and then again in 2007. So, you know, she's had multiple opportunities to coach her team in the final four and you know not too many people have that opportunity taking different programs you know it's that hard climb is hard you know and it takes everything that you've got and and all the energy that you can put behind it and to do it at um, three different places is, is unbelievable really you know what coach Stanley I think there's only one other coach who's done that I think that might be Rick Patino. I think he did it at three different places, and Coach Stringer did it at three different places. And I would have to say that that would have to be a part of her legacy and becoming a Hall of Fame coach, one, with the Women's Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame, and two, with the Naismith Hall of Fame. Jolette, I think you were there both times she led her team to the Final Four at Rutgers, right? Yes, I was, and uh, she – we did it twice, and the last time we got to the national championship game and uh, lost to Tennessee. But uh, yeah, each time I was there with her. I guess, you know what, Jolette, I thought about how when we were student athletes at Iowa, you were always so good at remembering the stuff that Coach said, and you could mimic anybody. I mean, you we would just, like, have you mimicking Coach Freeman and – how she was when she pledged in college and how she would show up at the party and Coach Stringer, how she would walk into the locker room and just threaten. And you got any famous or favorite little quotes or sayings or you want to give us a little snippet of what Vivian Stringer might sound like, maybe? I mean, she would just always say, you know, when I was a, a you know, as a player, she's always saying, you know, hold the rope. You know, no matter what, you know, you guys, you know, y'all, you know, you got to get, a, you know, y'all are a team. Make sure you hold the rope. And uh, she was like, it doesn't matter if you get through this needle, all the whole team, all 13 of you have to get through. And uh, she just had so many, many different, you know, quotes she was always saying. I can remember this story about, you know, she used to tell, she was a great storyteller. So I used to always like just listen to every little word she would say. And uh, she would just always make us believe that we could move mountains, you know. And by the end of the, you know, her prep talk, by the end of her, of her talk, you would think you could just dunk. And I remember we got to play Texas, and I mean, this girl was like six seven, Elaine Baylor. She was she was jumping, and I was like, after Coach Stringer gave her a talk about you know this chalkboard, that the chalkboard was black and it was clearly green. But by the end of that story, I thought the blackboard was really, really black, but it was green. <laughs> but she made you feel like you could move mountains, you can conquer anything. And, um, you know, and as a coach, you know, when I worked for her, her famous quote to me was like, Gillette, don't bring me a problem without a solution. 
And that just, you know, resonated with me. It's like I can't bring her problems. If there's a problem, I can't just put it on her desk. She made me think, and she made me think out of, outside of the box and made me think about what I would do in these situations. And, you know, she just constantly kept pushing me and uh, kept telling us don't take prisoners. She did that when I was a, a player and as a coach. You know, we're not gonna we're gonna, we're gonna always walk. We're not coming through the back door. We're gonna always walk in the in uh, in the front door. And our other favorite was like, you know, we're not gonna settle for crumbs. You know, <laughs> we're we're not. That's not what we're all about. So uh, there's so many different things and so many different stories I can tell. But uh, the one that I hold on to every, each and every day is that you know, uh, keep working. Don't you know? Find a way to get it done. And uh, you know, if there's a problem, figure it out. And um, keep working hard. Joe Ladd, when you were saying that all I could do was smile, I thought about how she used to say, we got to make lemons out of lemonade. Uh, make make lemonade out of lemons. Make lemonade out of lemons. And then she would always say how, you know, she said in practice we would be going so hard, we'd be going at it, and, you know, we'd be hitting shots, we're executing, we're working hard. And then she would say, the one thing I don't want you all to do is to make me feel like you're ready, like you're prepared. And then instead of taking me out to a fine steakhouse like Ruth Chris, you run me through a drive-thru at McDonald's. She said, I need for you to be predictable. Be who you are always. So if this is who you are in practice, let that person show up in the game. I mean, like... She would just Little say thing. some stuff, and you'd be like, what? Don't run me through the drive through at McDonald's. And we would all just, like, look at each other, and we would just die, just die laughing. But oh she knew how to energize. She knew how to energize a practice. You know, what What? Yeah. What do you all think? Um, what, what, what got kids to buy in? Because Coach Stringer is not easy by any stretch of the imagination, and her practices can be some marathon type uh, mental exercises. So, what what what, what would either of you say about her practices or her game preparation, which is it far exceeds the norm? Marianne, I'll let you handle that one. <laughs> oh. now, I'll tell you what. You know, in coaching, preparation means a great deal to the ultimate outcome. And I can say this about Vivian. There is never, you could never catch her leaving a stone unturned, you know, or uh, an answer like Jillette was talking about. If there's a problem, bring me a solution. She was finding solutions for every adjustment, everything that could happen in a game. And I think, to Vivian's credit, she wanted to know that her players were well-prepared, over-prepared, you know, in the sense that no matter what someone threw at them, they were ready. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, you know, I'm, I'm an assistant with the Washington Mystics now. I work in the WNBA. I've seen a lot of pro players. And the, the Rutgers players, to a player, are people that are fearless. They compete. They don't shy away from hard work. They don't shy away from challenges. And that's all the daily preparation that you see in a Vivian Stringer practice. There's no short shrifting on things. There's no um, skipping over the details. And, you know, it can, it, at times it can be, can be tough. You know, the practices at times can be long. But you never come away having a sense that, oh, we forgot to cover this or, oh, we're not prepared for that. Never a chance of that happening. When you said that, I thought about how she used to always say small things are small, but they're major. Yes. I still say those things, small but major. And I'm going to speak on, just like you said about the the players buying in and be well prepared, you know, as, you know, an assistant coach, the preparation. You know, now, I mean, we were, you can, you know about this, Marianne, our Skyrim force would be almost 60 pages. Because you were afraid that, you know, you had one detail and it wasn't there. Um, your whole report, she wasn't going to look at it. So if there, there was a cut that I knew that was just an option that, you know, was just a read, I had to put that on that scouting report because you did not want it to come up that she was watching film and she saw it and it wasn't on that report. So 
her, you know, paying attention to detail and, and having our players to be prepared. It also carries over, you know, now that I'm an assistant coach, I, you know, I overdo my sky report sometimes. How many players does she have in the WNBA? Coach Stanley mentioned something about players in the WNBA. She's had quite a number of players in the WNBA. Two, I think, won WNBA championships. I think Chelsea Newton won a championship with the Sacramento Monarchs, and Tammy Sutton-Brown won a championship with the Indiana Fever. And um, Essence Carson, I think, has won. I think Kathy Pondexter has Kathy won. Kathy Pondexter. Yeah. Um, but but Tia Vaughn, yeah. yep. Essence Carson. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and the common thread, like I said, is that... Tangela Smith. I just thought about Tangela Smith, Smith, who was, Tangela who was Smith. in Iowa. Uh, Michelle mm-hmm. Edwards. Michelle uh, Edwards. You know, Michelle Edwards was so before her time as the National Player of the Year at Iowa when there was no WNBA. And then those players Mm -hmm. in Iowa, I remember Yolanda Laney, and they talked about Pye, and they talked about Deb Walker. And you remember Lisa Long and Lisa Becker at Iowa, Jolette? Absolutely. Jolene Snyder. I mean, Francia Price was an All-American. I mean, it was just so many. And Jolette even got inducted into the... Hall of Fame at Iowa and went on to play for the Globetrotters. So Coach Stringer has had some really, really good good players. I remember Trisha Waugh played at Iowa. She's now an executive um, with Bed Bath & Beyond. It's, people just have gone on to do some amazing things. But, Jolette, I wanted to ask, what's your funniest Vivian Stringer story? <laughs> you got one in your back pocket? Oh my God! There's so many. I just know we used to always uh, we would have our, our visits, our official visits, and we would go to her house, and uh, we would always uh, play. Not really play church, but we would just act like we're deacons. And I was the pastor, and uh, she would play the piano, and we would just you know sing, and uh, she would do certain things. The moment that if we felt it in the moment, we would do it. And she was like, well, Coach, Reverend Joe, that law, would you get the mic? And then she would get on the piano, like, because she played the piano. But it was just, we just have little stories like that when we were recruiting, just, you know, I was the Reverend and she was the piano the piano player and we all just try to, you know, do a sermon. And it was, we, we were like, she sent me a text about it the other day. So I laughed sometimes when some of the things we had on, you know, we were, you know, working working together. That is awesome. I wanted to ask you both. Um, Coach Stringer has won a lot of games, and tonight, or November 13th, they'll have an opportunity to um, hopefully pull off their 1,000th victory. If they were going to hang a banner in the rafters at Rutgers, and it had the name C. Vivian Stringer on it, what else should appear on that banner with her name? I'd like for each of you to respond that. They're hanging a banner in the rafter. It will read in big letters, see Vivian Stringer. What other words should appear on that banner? And I'll probably wow. say living legend. Legend. She's probably she's the one of the best that ever did this. Wow, that's good, Coach. I don't know. I think that the banner speaks for itself, but I would say class. Wow, class, living legend, one of the best to ever coach this game. Those are words that I think would make anybody's heart jump. And those are words um, that anyone would be proud to have associated with their name. And so, ladies, I'd like to thank you for your time this afternoon. Is there anything else that you would want to say? You know, maybe I didn't pose a question that would allow you to say it. So I'd just like to offer you an open mic to 
if there's anything that we might have missed or you want to say that you didn't have an opportunity to say. I'll just say that I'm truly, truly grateful and I'm blessed to have the opportunity to not only play for her, but to work for and with her. Um, and I just want to thank her for just giving me that opportunity to do both. And that I'll, you know, forever be indebted to her for being something in a small town girl from South Carolina um, and believing in me and pouring everything that she had into me. So everything, my successes, things that I've had or I've achieved um, playing and now coaching, I credit her. I give God the glory, but I give Coach Stringer a lot of that as well because she pushed me and she saw something in me that I really didn't see in myself. So I'm truly, truly honored that she's getting this award. I'm blessed that I had opportunity to play for her and help her get some of these wins and coach beside her for her to get those wins, but I, I'm 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 humbled, I'm honored, I'm grateful, I'm blessed, and um, just want to let her know that I love her and I'll be forever indebted to her. Jolette, we owe we owe Sylvia Hatcher a bouquet of flowers because she was the one. She was at Francis Marion, and she was the one who told Coach Stringer about you. And Coach Hatcher is also in that thousand win club, so. Greatness knows greatness, and I am really excited that Coach Hatchell saw something special in you and was willing to pass it on when she was at a Division II school and felt like you were bigger than her team, but she wanted to make sure that you were with a friend, and so that's really special. It is. But, uh, Coach Stanley, what would you yeah. want to say? I want to tell Vivian I'm so excited and thrilled for her at this uh, incredible night tonight. There are a lot of people that will share the evening with her, physically be there, and I'm sure there are many, many, many more who uh, will not be able to be there. But uh, I want to thank Vivian for her friendship over the years. She's been a, a, a longtime friend of mine, and she's been so much more than just a colleague and you know a coaching buddy. She's been somebody who has been very supportive of me uh, throughout my career, and I'm just so thrilled that on this night, she's going to elevate herself into that very elite group of five or six people who have you know, won a thousand games, and in the process, touched and enriched so many lives, both of players, young women, and also staff people and, and people connected to the, the universities that she's represented. Uh, isn't a classier person out there, and I'm so thrilled for her and uh, just wish her well. Thank you so much, Coach Stanley. I know that those words will mean a lot to Coach. And thank you, Jolette. We appreciate both of you ladies for sharing a little bit of your reflections about Coach Stringer with us. I hope you both have a fantastic day. We just want to send a huge thank you to Felicia Hall Allen and all of the guests who have made this podcast so special. We hope the fans enjoyed it. We hope uh, you now have a better idea of the impact of Coach C. Vivian Stringer. Congratulations to Coach Stringer on 1K. Good luck to Rutgers uh, through the rest of this season. And uh, we hope that you will continue to download and listen to Around the Rim podcast. You can find us on the ESPN app or whatever podcast app you use. Just go and search around the rim um you can find us on twitter at around the rim pod you can email us at around the rim podcast at gmail.com on twitter i am at lachina robinson tarika is at she knows sports underscore so hit us up with comments ideas thoughts suggestions um share us uh but thank you so much but before we go um you've been hearing snippets of an interview that Coach Stringer had, and we're going to finish off this podcast with the rest of that interview. Um, we are grateful to Coach Stringer for the sharing, and um, we hope that you pick up even more nuggets than you already have throughout this podcast. So we hope you enjoyed the interview, and we will uh, see you next week.
Coach Stringer, this is uh, Tarika Foster from ESPN Radio. Uh, you mentioned not too long ago that uh, obviously winning a thousand games means playing a lot of games. Uh, what advice or words of encouragement would you offer to a young coach right now who may be struggling in their coaching career or thinks that, you know, it's going to take a while to get to where you are? What kind of advice would you get them to motivate them to continue coaching and continue on the road that they're on? I think the big thing is that you really do have to love it. Love it with all your heart and with all the soul because I can't give you that love. You know, it's, it's, you've got to love it. You know, I, I don't know to this day what made my heart beat and what made me get so excited about just the opportunity just to sit there and watch the game or to, you know, can't wait until I can get a hamburger as I'm going down the road and we're going to see Penn State and Maryland play or Rutgers. I mean, this is and, – and so what, what happens here, guys, today – is that so many coaches, they have that love in their heart. There's so many elements that are taken away from it, you know, and it, and it hurts. And, and, there, and when I'm talking about taking away from it, it's, it's, it's the, the things that they can read that speak to negativity. You know, it, it's the parents that sometimes get too goddamn involved. Let their kids have fun, you know, have coaches, hire coaches of integrity and that know what they're doing. Help these, these coaches... You know, allow the coaches to help the players to see their progress, you know, and, and to, to reward the coaches to, to, to also understand that, yeah, it's a game, and I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that. I think a thousand games will tell you that. But I'm also talking about um, helping them to grow as women, as young women, you know, to reach into far, you know, to, 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 to far corners of, of just basketball. Like, I'm, I'm trying to talk to a young lady who I believe she's going to be um, a great politician, you know, but I want to make sure she's aware. You know, reach out to the people, help people to, to, to make things happen. I want people to be responsible. And so I am so, so, so lucky that when I look at this, I'm thinking, well, thank goodness we, we have women at ESPN, so you're getting a chance to ask me that question. Think about that. You know, we have an opportunity to have help young women to get their degrees. Who knows what areas they're going to go in? But there's so many lessons along the way that they're going to learn. And so to the young coach, don't be discouraged, but make one move. One, you've got to have an athletic director. You've got to have a president of the university who believe in you. This is what I said. Because if you don't, you will be ruined. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.